Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we are again. The phone is ringing because everybody's excited for episode number 38 ticket to game hinge get your ticket stamped uh um lots and lots of stuff happening um i think the big thing that's happening right now is much like the music which with tension and release we don't have any release we're still in tension phase right now we're slowly building and building and building to what who knows what's going to happen with the tour um of course right after we recorded last week uh trey announced three nights at spac in june solo shows wondering if they were originally tab shows but then tony passed away so who knows there i don't know but um three nights in a row spac very big outdoor venue so i'm sure that has a part to play in the decision of the venue because you can space out and the air is fresh but nothing definitive on tour we're three months out from today from night two of our Two shows in Hershey we're booked to go to, but um, I don't know. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I wax and wane. I wax and wane. But again, like I said last week, I'm going to go with we're not going because then I can like make the decision and move on with my life. Yeah. And the other thing for me, I finally got a vaccine appointment. I'm going Friday for the first. Yeah. And then the second one, I had to book the second one on the spot. And it's booked for August 27th. So I don't know, man. It's well. I mean, like, listen. Let's let's build some context. So I I because uh, I went to school. I went to school in the states. I have my American friends reaching out to me, being like, "Yo, what's up in Ontario?" <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Right. So yeah. like, let's leave the politics out of it as little as we can, but let's not drop the context of the measures that are being brought upon the people right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, lose the context of they keep pushing this deadline back for when things can start to reopen. Like it's just not looking promising. Let's just say that. Yeah, it almost feels like we've stepped into a bit of a time machine. Um, you know, kind of where we were a year ago. But I don't know. It's it's it feels somewhat helpless. We we all got to do our little part, but it just feels helpless at the same time. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, we'll see what that brings. I mean, I'll be excited to listen to the shows. I mean, if it's just Trey solo by by himself, I'll, I'll be curious to see how how the songs come along there. Um, and then just before that, though, uh, Friday. So we go ahead. I'm sure he's gonna have a lot to say in between the songs if he's just doing solo stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then there's gonna be uh, a live show this Friday night on Fish Radio from um, what do I get here? From the Rubber Room. What is it called? Rubber what? Oh, um, it's right this morning. I was just looking. I, I wrote down rubber, thinking that I remember the second part of it. It's uh, friggin' uh, rubber jungle. There it is. That's isn't that Trey's show on Sirius? Is it? Yeah. I don't have Sirius. I used to. I don't subscribe anymore. Only the only for me. Only the Dead Channel and uh, and the Fish Channel are worth it. Right. Well, I, but yeah, really, I mean, I think I would imagine most serious listeners listen, they toggle between two to maybe four stations mostly. Because how, how much yeah. time do you really have for the, you know, 
all the variety that's out there. Um, so yeah, but at least we got some new live music coming our way, which is good. Some new takes on some things, and maybe some new music, new songs, new covers. Who knows? Um, oh, dude, playing. There's going to be no doubt. There's going to be new music. He'll have a lot to say. You know, I'm sure he'll talk about Tony a lot. I'm sure he'll talk about like the last year. He'll probably talk about the divided sky. You know, foundation yep. and the building they bought. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of upset fish fans. Because the tone is going to be very somber, which means you know what type of music he's going to be playing. It's not going to be Reba and Party Time and the Wolfman's brother. It's going to be, uh, it's probably going to be a little bit more serious, if I had to guess. Okay, we'll see. I mean, they're a month away. Uh, You know, like the Rubber Jungle show Friday, who knows? But you're talking about the SPAC shows in June. It's three nights. I mean, he's got... uh, can't play three nights in a row of sad, somber. It's not going to be sad and somber, but I mean, like, compared to... Mm, okay. Right? There's the idea of, like, what it's going to sound like and what it's going to be. Is gonna Remember the last time, like, he went on tour, he, like, told all these funny stories, you know, like, with Fishman and the Wheatgrass up his ass and, like, that type of stuff? Yeah. Like, I hope there's going to be stuff like that, but I'm, I'm just guessing the tone is going to be a little, just a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Um, you're probably right, but we'll see. I mean, uh, either way, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be good. I'm curious to see. I know a lot of people have been having troubles with the, uh, I forget the ticket. I feel so bad for them. It's torture. Somebody wrote, uh, (laughs) they called themselves my, uh, what was the quote? Um, uh, something about my wook ass <laughs> they, they call themselves I, I just i don't know i love i love fish fans um there there is some mandatory watching that we need to do for next week um i'll put it on the server or on the drive the share drive or whatever but we got to watch american dad that aired last night um i guess it was about fish and the fish lot and oh. fish tour yeah there's uh okay, yeah. there's a writer on staff that's a big fan and he's been kind of like promoting it a little bit and uh there was um you showed like your like volkswagen van type thing filled with filled with wooks and hippies and it has bu- a bunch of stickers on it that are all like fish references one that says mike said no there's um nice. one that references the the gophers that had the issue with dicks i think in 2019 yeah. Um, yeah. So just interesting things. So I'll uh, I'll try to I'll try to get it and send it and send it your way and we'll check that out. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, so you listened to June fourth, twenty eleven, the Hidden Gem Show. I listened, to, I listened to both shows from last week. That the twenty eleven show was outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to quickly bring up a show that they played. I think two or three shows later, June the eighth, which was not the debut of Golden Age, but I would say. The golden age that began, it's only the third golden age. Um, first time was in fall of 2009, second time fall of 2010, a year later. And now we're in June of 2011. But this is the first of what basically brings golden age into the regular rotation in the set list, yeah. right? It's played very, very yeah. uh, frequently. But um, it's just an example of the stuff they're doing in June of 2011, along with Meat Stick in another show. They played golden age to open the second set. And then they just keep bringing that riff in and out of all the songs for the rest of the set. It goes into Weekapog, it goes into 2001, it makes it into Mike's song. It's it's just in and out all the time. And uh, yeah, like 
it almost makes me wonder if the band fell in love with that song that night like they were trying it it was like yeah we got to start playing that more great Gold, great song golden age has a special place in my heart ever since we went to go see them in uh yeah in, in 2019 because it was the, that was the highlight of the show yeah yeah definitely definitely um musically speaking for sure right in terms of yeah. set and you know if you just, yeah. if the listener just goes and checks that show out june 18th 2019 it's a good one um not rated very high at all anytime they come to canada i guess it's a different feeling i think the american fans don't rate the canadian shows that high because we're a lot more reserved we don't do the glow stick thing like it's just it's uh our, the venue is, isn't uh you know is reserved really the term we should be using that's such a polite way to say we are lame <laughs> uh hey what do they say what do the kids say these days lame af in canada yeah yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah i was talking about a canadian standoff the other day and somebody went what is that i said that's when you pull up to a four-way stop at the same time as somebody else and you sit there going, you go. No, 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 you go. No, no, after you. That's a Canadian standoff, right? Like, it's uh, kind of how we are. But I'd rather that than, what you know, a Mexican standoff, right? You and two other guys all pointing a gun at one another. Bit of a difference. Anyway, um, so June 8, 2011 was good. June 4, 2011, you, you check that out. Uh, 12 to 95. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... I listened specifically for the serviceable tweezer. So first yeah. of all, 95, every show in 95 is like next level awesome. The show was awesome. Tweezer was awesome. Not my favorite tweezer. I would even, I would even rank it like near the bottom of the tweezers that I've heard in my life. Like I didn't, it was it was not serviceable in my opinion. In okay. by any way or so, it's, still, it's still tweezer, so it's incredible. But yeah, the highlight yeah. of that show was that possum that they ended the first set with. Like yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it'll come up and bite you. What's that? It'll come up and bite you. It's... Oh my God, they just kept winding that one up and letting it go and then winding it up and letting it go. Like Trey just kept going back. I'm like, this is never going to end. I love that. I love that. And I wish I was paying more attention when I was really getting back on the train. But there, there was a version of Possum that I listened to randomly and I don't know where and when it was. And I'll come upon it again, I'm sure. Where same kind of thing, just it felt like forever that page was just sitting that key, just dragging it out, dragging it out and Fishman's dragging it out. Dra you know, just like the ultimate. And again, kind of coming back to the topic that I wrote down for the show, tension and release and anticipation about, I wanted to talk about that. And, you know, cause I know we've kind of touched on it in the past, but it's something that I find is really, really kind of playing out in real life right now in conjunction with, you're really freezing up. You're still with me? You're still with me. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, you know, and just how how much I've come to enjoy that that part of the music, right? And 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 uh yeah, I, I, I don't know. I was just um and the other thing that got me thinking, I came across a I'm sorry, I came upon an article that kind of talked about people who um there's two types of people, people who like to spoil and people who like to go through the anticipation and finding out organically, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Megan, my wife, likes to read spoilers. Like if she's, if we're watching a movie that she likes, she'll go online and find out what happens in it. Whereas I'm gonna wanna sit there and not, and not, and not find out. And I wonder if um, there's something there to be said for the type of person who like fish, if there's a correlation there. Oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
right? Kind of while to get to my point, but you know, if there's if fish fans are more wired to um, like to go into things blind, like the anticipation, like a mystery, like a reveal at the end of a story, that sort of a thing, versus people who are wired to have to know what's going to happen before it happens, if it's going to take them away from that type of a band. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, I don't think the, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think you can be both depending on what it is. Like, look at you, for example, like you like the music that way, but then you need to find out everything. After, 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 right? Right. Yeah. Right. I like, uh, I, I, that's what I love the most. I think, you know, like yet last week we talked about, we talked about Fluffhead, mm-hmm. you know, and the meaning behind the, the meaning behind the song Fluffhead, like you were just dropping like random facts, which were really cool by the way. And then after that one specifically, I was like, kind of wish I didn't know that, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. had like this, like, my story in my mind and i i completely i'm aware that it could be totally out to lunch but there's some stories that i think i just want to be out to lunch on and i'm okay with that yeah it um you just triggered me to think of a pretty what i always found is a pretty interesting quote from dave matthews about um and i've got another thing about dave matthews that i want to come back to too but uh when people would ask him what his songs are about he, yeah. he, he mostly never say some, I mean, sometimes they're very obvious, but the ones that could be interpreted, he would just say, well, I don't know. I just work here. And it was very yeah. much by design. Cause I think, you know, um, like a song like crash into me, I would always sort of internally chuckle when I would hear that at a show, because you'd see the couples get together and start to swoon because it was quote unquote their song. But when you listen to that song and the lyrics about that song, it's about a creepy guy who's obsessed with somebody and he's like basically stalking her and being a real creeper. But you almost don't want to yuck their yum. That's a saying that I've heard lately, right? Don't yuck my yum. When somebody comes in and you're eating something, they go, ooh, I don't like that. That's not, that's not cool. Don't yuck my yum. Yeah, just (laughs) doesn't affect you at all. Let me eat it. But uh, yeah, but it was sort of chuckling myself when that would happen. But yeah, maybe you're right. And I, I wonder how many people would be ruined for me to go around at that show and say, hey, you know what this song is really about? And you guys are, that, that wouldn't be cool. So I do, so I do get it. So I'll have to be a little bit more choosy in my uh, trivia and facts and uh, what I find interesting. No, no not or, for me. Or I'll preface it with, hey, would you like me to ruin this song for you? Yeah, but here's the thing some of it it's cool right you just don't know which one it's going to be Mm -hmm. so let me ask what did you associate fluffhead with before that what what's what's changed like what's like i just thought it was like some weird random dude looking for like that's just kind of out there you know moping around Mm. gotcha better than like a cancer better than a friend who's who's getting cancer treatment Uh, a, a brother yeah yeah interesting right right you know and we're at that age now like let's not pretend like we're 20 years old like we're at the age where like i i have never met anyone that hasn't had someone that they know personally at this age that hasn't passed away from cancer sure sure yeah of course right of course so interestingly that on uh back to the the dave matthews story made me think of uh i don't know the 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 guitar player's name from tool i know his first name's adam i don't know what his last name is because people would like same thing with the interpretation right people would come up to him and be like oh hey you know this song's about this right he'd be like you're absolutely right and he would say that to everybody that said that about any interpretation that they ever had about any song he would tell them that they were 
Yeah, Adam Jones. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what it's about. And he'd say that to everybody. Just affirm it because why not, right? It, yeah. Yeah. You got nothing to – yeah, right. Well, he had, no in, he had no intention of disclosing what it was actually about. He goes, I like that people take what they want from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also, interest, also, interestingly enough, if you really want, like, some really nerdy history, um, the Nintendo game Legend of Zelda, if Fish was a Nintendo game, it would be the Legend of Zelda. Because, okay. like, that was the purpose of that game, right? So the, that was the first really well thought out game that was developed with the sense of like exploration and bringing the community of people together because you would venture out into this game you just started with nothing and you could go in any direction that you wanted yeah right you have access to all the levels at the beginning yeah and the whole purpose of not being able to figure things out was to talk to your friends about the game mm-hmm 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 I did not know that. And, uh, you know, Zelda is one of those games that escaped me as a kid. I never got it. I never played it. I never understood why people were so into it. Just not my kinda thing. Like, but kind of uh, like fish. You know, but what you just said and described is something that I was unaware of. Just, right. I had no idea. Hmm. Kind of like fish. I don't get it. So now you make me wonder, because in, in the room next to me here is a, is a little, uh, I've got a little... Do you know what a Raspberry Pi is? Mm-hmm. Not the actual pie that you eat, but a Raspberry mm-hmm. Pi computer? Okay. Good for you. Yeah. Most people don't. Good for you. So a Raspberry Pi, I've got in there, and one of my old uh, Geek Squad guys um, loaded every Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance game on it. So there's like 3,300 games that I can play in here, and obviously, maybe I'll check out Zelda, or, 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 or when I pour myself to tears. It might be dated, but here's wow. the thing, right? Like when the latest one, when the latest one came out, the Breath of the Wild, uh, all I heard was because this is like this is how I approach this stuff. All I heard was it's gonna be like the first one, and as soon as I heard it's gonna be like the first one, I didn't pay attention to any of the trailers, any of the reviews. I just wanted to buy this thing and put it on and experience it. Hmm. There you go. Because I think when you have a real piece of art made by somebody who actually makes art, not paint, you know, by numbers, how most of it's being done today, I think you just have to go into it with a clear mind, kind of like a fish show. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Right? Like how many times did a movie come out? You didn't read anything. You just go in and you watch the movie and you're like, I, you know, and then you have to actually think about it and, and put yourself through the, the paces of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, um, and it's tougher, and it's tougher to do that now, right? Because the way that you source that content, you sort of like look for it. You very rarely can go into a movie totally blind. You see an image, you see the Netflix thing. It starts rolling the first, you know, whatever clip they want to show you. Um, but I do, but I do have a real memory of that happening with a movie called Kiss the Girls in high school. We went out to see one of those I Know What You Did Last Summer movies. It was sold out. So someone said, well, why don't we go see Kiss the Girls? I knew nothing about it. Based on the title, I thought it was a rom-com. Nope, nope, nope. Not a rom-com at all. <laughs> IMDb, Kiss the Girls and find out. Great movie. Or better yet, going, going blind thinking it's a rom-com. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, the other thing that I wanted to say, kind of bringing up Dave Matthews' band, and I was kind of correlating it to Fish. As you know, I'm going through uh, the June 
2011 part of the 2011 tour. It's almost done, and then uh, Super Bowl is coming up. Um, but I, I kind of made a correlation between this tour and Dave's 2003 tour for a couple of reasons. So in 2001, Dave Matthews Band came out with Every Day, their most successful commercial album, but probably the album that the fans did not like the most, right? Um, kind of got away from a lot of things that they were really known for. Uh, still had the loyal fan base that would go to shows because they wanted to hear all the stuff that came before that album and sort of tolerated um, those songs. Throughout 2001 and 2002, the set lists were saturated with songs from that album, from Every Day. And um, the longest song on the album was like four and a half minutes, right? They're just, they weren't typical Dave songs. And it wasn't until 2003 that they really got away from that album and got, and they were in 2003, didn't have an album, weren't touring to support anything else or promoting anything else. And that tour was almost like a rebirth of getting back to what made them such a great live band to begin with, more unpredictable set lists, going back to the well of the great songs, bringing songs that they hadn't had in the rotation regularly and fading out the songs from every day. There's almost an identical thing happening in June 2011 with the songs from Joy yep. kind of fading into the background, still getting played. Um, but the set lists are much more exciting, much more varied, uh, much more, um, I don't know, just, just they really, really get me energized in the same way that that tour did. It's less like we're touring because we want to tour and play live music, not because we want to try to sell this record. Not that Fitch has always been about that, but when there's new music, it's in the rotation very, very heavy. So yeah, I just thought it was really, I just got thinking about all those comparisons and just where they were as a band. And yeah, it's definitely there for any day fans. In my do, uh, do you have any insight around at least some of the conversations or maybe boundaries that were set uh, as 3.0 was was forming and coming to fruition? Um, not a ton, not a ton. Their management changed, which would have had a big factor in that, how things were organized, how things were run. I know um, through different things that I've listened to, um, the ease of getting backstage or just getting the band to hook you up with stuff if you're a friend of the band kind of went away for the most part. I mean, that still exists, but in a much more a formal business-like approach than it was like their guest list just got out of control uh, at the end of 2.0 it was you know they say it was like a thousand people that were on a guest list at Coventry um, just accommodating all their friends and even Tom Marshall has said he could just show up to cities unannounced go to the same hotel the band was playing in the 1.0 2.0 days and he'd get a room you can't do that anymore like he's got a book it, it, it's just right those types of things um, they've made it cleaner, right? For, for substances and all that stuff. They've made, they've gotten away from the real big party atmosphere backstage. Yeah. Uh, there's a really cool episode of Analyze Fish with Harris Whittles and uh, Scott Ackerman. Um, we talked about that a little bit on here. Harris Whittles was a writer on Parks and Rec and a comedian, well-known, semi-famous, maybe yeah. on the B list, maybe E list. But, uh, big fish fan. And the point of Analyze Fish was for him to try to get his buddy, Scott Ackerman, who's a podcaster, to like the band. He was a big music fan, but just didn't get fish. And, uh, but there's, he takes him to a show at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, they get invited backstage uh, after the first set to meet, to meet Mike. And um, Mike is basically hosting a little party in the set, like in between sets 
right? And they have a rule where they don't talk about the music in between sets. Like that's just, I guess, an unknown rule that is known. And um, so Mike is offering up um, coconut water to everybody playing host. Like he's hosting a little get together party, but it's very, but it's very clean, right? And um, Scott Ackerman kind of breaks the golden rule and starts like interviewing him like, yeah, so what did you, so how do you think the first set went? And Mike just like kind of shuts him out and gets awkward and like, fuck you, like I'm not talking about that. It wasn't rude, he was super nice, but you yeah. can see you know, oh, yeah. so I think it's that it's that type of stuff. I don't know when they instituted the no criticizing rule, but that did come into effect even in late 1.0. They they were doing that, but um, I'm asking because um, um, you know, like when you when you listen and you go back in retrospect, um, it almost sounds like uh, 2009 was like it was like a band kind of for the first time getting to know each other and, and coming together, right? So usually, like when and the music reflects that, that's probably really what's happening. Like, it's probably authentic. There's probably a lot of rules and they were doing a lot of stuff that was different and they were looking at the relationships and the, the stuff that was toxic and coming up with better solutions to try to fix it, right? Yeah, probably, probably that translated on stage. And then, you know, I really noticed the turn uh, late 2010, the fall 2010 tour, you know, and then now what I'm listening to, it's just coming back to spoilers, I kind of know, the end right now where they are and i'm very excited for where i'm going you know i know the new songs that are coming up and hearing steam's debut in 604 was was awesome so i kind of like that element too it's spoiled for me but i don't know the whole story so i kind of get some people that would like a spoiler if they don't know every single thing that happens it's happened to me the odd time with an f1 race where i know who won before seeing the race i try to my best to avoid all that stuff but sometimes it's been really interesting to see, well, they won. Well, how did that happen? That's like, that the, time, like the time Perez won from the, from the back? Yeah, no, that one I watched organically. But the time that Daniel Ricciardo won in Montreal 2014. Yeah. I, yeah, right. Um, Megan's parents were in town that weekend. So I didn't watch the race. We were out for breakfast on a Monday morning. And I had gone to the bathroom, quickly checked my personal email. And there was an email from Formula One with the headline, Ricciardo wins in Canada. And I went, what? But that was the first year that Mercedes was dominating and nobody but Mercedes had won. So I was, I was just like, how does this happen? And then it ended up being an amazing race, which I've watched probably six times since. Yeah. Yeah. I rewatch up on races. Like I'll listen to the shows. Hey man. But that's what I mean. Like it's not mutually exclusive. You're, you're not either. I like surprises or I like spoilers for some things you like surprises and for some things you like spoilers. Yeah. I guess I'm ambiguous that way. It just sort of like depends on what it is so yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i had on my menu list here um do, 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 do. oh yeah um i'm assuming the answer is no but have you gone you can listen to on spotify or apple music or however you get music have you gone to listen to the cluster flies cover album no no so it's got all the songs from farmhouse and they added a, a bunch of other songs too they added uh, vultures that amar plays on that's actually that's actually kind of good and um and I, it kind of ties in with golden age in a sense in that i think the purpose of an album like this is really to sort of turn you on to the artists that are making that are doing those cover songs right otherwise if i want to hear those songs i'm going to listen to fish play those songs right oh yeah 
And I got to be honest, not a single one has made me go, oh, I'm going to go listen to that. Like, I'm going to go seek out that artist. Um, so the, the thing with, again, we can talk about marketing in, in this instance. The thing with cover songs is it has to be, a, if you're going to get attention as a band doing a cover, like I get why bands do it because you're exactly what you said. You're getting people who are familiar with that music onto you. Yes. You, have to, you have to do it in a way that's interesting and appealing to, to those people. Right, right. Like, and there's some familiar names on there, like Amy Hartswick does Dirt. Um, you know, yes. and, and, it's, and it's good. Look, I don't want to take away from anybody's talent. It's good. A lot of it's good. Okay. Um, First Tube is good. Vultures is good. Amar sounds really, really good. But it doesn't make me want to go and, you know, stream their album, at least not at this point. So, but, you know, I'd recommend it. I'll listen through if you want to hear some, some different versions of some songs on their twist. Twist is really different. Uh, it's very, like, emo sad uh like slow down almost like a ryan adams version of wonderwall if you've heard that cover how he really kind of slows it down same sort of idea but um um worth checking out i enjoyed listening to a podcast about that more than that itself <laughs> like i enjoyed hearing the the it was a really good podcast um on undermine uh about how it came together and how they reached out to the artists and how they facilitated it and it was supposed to be out last year as the 20-year anniversary of farmhouse but you know they, uh, they they kept on adding artists and getting more and more people on board to do it and uh and also talking about um day of the dead which was a famous grateful dead cover album Yep. And uh, how, you know, when it's become, when it became socially acceptable to cover the dead and how only more recently it's become socially acceptable to cover fish. Um, my argument to that is most bands would have a tough time covering fish musically because it's to your point, you've talked about how some songs they sound straightforward and you get going and yeah, no, they're not straightforward. So anyway, mm -hmm. interesting to listen to um, if you're looking for new content related to fish anyway. Well, look at, I mean, I think it's, I think now you see the power of a legacy. Like you look at the Grateful Dead, like LeBron James is supporting Grateful Dead year. Mm. You know, so whether, you know, you take it both ways, whether like that's a sign of like that, the permeated culture or whether Jerry Garcia is rolling in his grave because, yeah. you know, he never wanted to be, he never wanted to have people who didn't really appreciate his music supporting him. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Not just LeBron James is listening to the Grateful Dead. I don't know what he listens to. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, that's everything that I've got going on. Um, I'm gonna keep plowing through 2011 because like again, I'm sure I know it gets better. I'm just really enjoying where it's going. And um yeah, stuff's getting really, really good. Speaking of which, I heard the it's in ninety-seven. I'll look at the show right now. It was the debut of Farmhouse. Okay. Because you're talking about farmhouse, it was um, uh, eleven sixteen ninety seven. Is that on the app? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going through. I'm. Uh, if I don't have anything to listen to, I will go to the ninety seven fall tour. Mm -hmm. Now, Let's listen to the whole tour again. Yeah, yeah. I should do that with the ninety five winter tour. Like, like all the shows. There's not enough on the app, but I'd even go on to re listen and 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 go through them all it's just it's just so good like i i mean that's got to be in the top five tours fall 97 for sure um but i would also say um winter 95 that's got to be in there i think we're splitting hairs at this point you know yeah with, with like a 
question like that, I think you're like, you know, it's like the tweezer going back to tweezer, you know, was it a good tweezer? Of course, every tweezer is a good tweezer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like pizza. You just don't get Pizza's always you good. Just... Yeah, I don't know. I've had some pretty shit pizza. You still ate it though. I did. I don't anymore. <laughs> you don't go back. Right? There's people out there that fry pizza. Like I eat it so infrequently now that it's like, where are we? If we're getting pizza, it's got to be good. So we're just gonna get the same one, so we know exactly what to expect. Right, the one you know you we're like. We're not kids getting. We're not kids getting together on Sundays to watch football and be like, "Yo, what do you guys want to try?" Right. Remember Geno's the five the five dollar smalls. Oh, so good. The ones, man. The two for ones. Yeah, got nostalgia there. All right, fun. my friend. Anything else from you? No, man. I'm good. Have a great week. All right, man. You too, everybody. Rate and review. It helps others find us and listen to us. So make sure you do that. Uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Hopefully, we get some big announcements soon. Dinner and a movie, maybe. Ooh, we'll see. Uh, but listen this Friday, Trey, and hopefully we can uh, get a listen to that over, over the weekend. I would imagine we'll be able to get it on the app after that that gig friday night. Right if they did the beacon james then why wouldn't they be able to do that one well it's because it's on sirius sometimes when they do a live thing on sirius they don't put it on the app right away right yes that pisses me off yeah it will eventually show up like they did a show just before uh in june of 2019 that originally wasn't on the app but eventually did get on there um yeah, from philadelphia. what's that from philadelphia they did that like that really personal small show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know how the Do you know how the rights work to that? No. Like, why well, does like why does Sirius get it before Fish the Band gets it? Well, because I think like that event was for Sirius subscribers, right? It was for it, it was for them, right? It was for Sirius. Like they sponsored it, so they want people to go to their channel to hear something exclusive, maybe. Listen, that I understand, but you as a band, you're a willing participant. Right, right. right. So it's without Fish, so I don't understand why Fish's audience that's past the paywall doesn't get it at least at the same time. Just like I get, I get, I don't know, man, maybe I'm just being petty, but I get super pissed that like the releases that come out, Sirius Radio plays them like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we hear them on, and then we get them on Friday or Saturday right yeah well third take might be it's one of like thousands of shows it's just one right i don't know i don't know i know i know i'm trying to figure it out so i can understand because maybe if i understand i'd be less uh i think surly is the correct thing. <laughs> like the seven duffs. seven duffs i'm surly it's <laughs> <laughs> ah, a good one yeah i love the simpsons uh, I've been watching it forever, but I love it. So good. So good. Oh, dude, those old seasons where we would watch like the same episode like six times in one day and laugh our faces off every single time at the same jokes. Uh, oh, what? This thing? <laughs> I was talking about that the other day. What the heck? <laughs> oh, I saw your brother, by the way. What's that? I saw your brother on, uh, on Saturday. Oh, really? Doing what? Where? Getting donuts downtown. Oh, really? He was buying donuts? No, his wife was waiting in line. Oh. And I was coming back with uh, with Betty. We just picked up our order mm. for Mother's Day. And then uh, I saw him. So we're talking like a nice, like a, gour you know, like a gourmet donut? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
I love donuts. My birthday's coming up and we're getting gourmet donuts. Mm. So I don't know, man, just throwing it out there. Uh, I like gourmet donuts too. They are, this is just my opinion, but they are on par or maybe fractionally better than Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons makes an awesome commercially available donut. Agree. Agree. hundred percent. hundred percent. Got one hop, skip and jump from here. Like every Canadian. Good man. Way underrated in terms of like the donut game, Tim Hortons. Way underrated. That's, that's what, that's what got them going. That was their thing. Yeah. And then it became their crummy coffee, but Hey, whatever. We're splitting hairs. Yes. Oh, coffee's a big deal in my world, man. What's that? Sorry? Coffee's a big deal in my world. Oh, I love coffee. Yeah, but I just oh, think Tim Hortons coffee is not very good. Not very good. You're being kind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Have a great week. Take it easy. Yes, You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.